What is going on, everybody? Mike Curlin here from the Bases Load Podcast. And just a reminder, for those who don't know, we have teamed up with Rotoballer this year for the 2020 season, which means we're joining the Rotoballer Radio Podcast Network. Since 2013, Rotoballer has been grinding away, providing millions of fantasy baseball players as their fix for in-depth MLB analysis and player news. If you haven't heard, Rotoballer's 2020 draft kit is live, and all Bases Loaded listeners can get 10% off Rotoballer's draft kit by using discount code BASESLOADED. Rotoballer is home to number one fantasy pros accuracy ranker Nick Mariano. Nick's 2020 rankings and projections are available as part of Rotoballer's draft kit, along with printable cheat sheets, draft sleepers and busts, and more than 300 2020 player outlooks and tons of in-season tools. All of this from Rotoballer is available for 10% off with discount code BASESLOADED. Just go to rotoballer.com slash bases loaded and get your draft kit today. And they're wagging him with the bases loaded and intentional walk to Barry Bonds. Two and two with the bases loaded and one out. Oh my God. Deep to right field. Way up there and way out of here. Second deck walk off. Hello and welcome back, everybody, to episode 120. That's 120 of the Bases Loaded Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. And tonight, it's been a while, but I am joined by my friend, my dear friend in George, a.k.a. Roto underscore Nino on Twitter. George, welcome to the show or welcome back or whatever it is, man. Just glad to be talking to you. It's been a while, man. How you been? What's up, man? Yeah, it has been a while. It's been a couple of weeks. I mean, I, I've been good. Just right now, I'm just trying to stay cool, man. Out here in California, it's oh man, it's it's hot. Um, and I kind of I got an old house, so the insulation isn't very good, and it's like an oven right now. But What's hey, I'm hanging in there right now. Yeah, yeah, fires are pretty bad. So, are you dealing with the smoke and stuff? Uh, where I'm at right now, no, I'm yeah. not not dealing with any smoke, fortunately. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, other than that, uh, just been enjoying baseball for the last couple of weeks um basketball basketball playoffs are, are back too so yeah just kind of been taking it all in you know we've been waiting we had been waiting you know so long for for this to come back for to have sports again and uh i think you know we were in the we're grinded away in the off season and and right now i'm just kind of just trying you know, to enjoy the start it. of the season was almost a relief for me you know just trying to enjoy it now <laughs> the problem is is it's just started and it's like almost done it's rapid fire, right. rapid pace. And tonight we're going to talk about bullpens because for those who don't know George, maybe a new listener or whatnot, George uh, writes for fan tracks and he writes the weekly bullpen piece. You cover bullpens, who's trending up, trending down, and all that good stuff. So we're going to talk about cl- some shaky closure situations who might be next in line. We're going to talk about some maybe some good guys to target for ratios and kind of go from there. We also are going to talk the most added list. So waiver wire talk will happen tonight. And we'll talk about some guys on the most drop list slash players that we're just thinking about dropping. And we do a segment called Cut Bait or Wait, basically, as it states. Are we ready to let them go or are we going to hold on a little bit? We have some easier names, some tougher names, and we'll go down that list. But we're going to start with bullpen stuff. I mean, Trevor got been struggling. So what does Gabe Kapler do? Goes back to him and he blows another save and like back-to-back nights or whatever. So so you have the Giants having those issues. You have Yates on the IL. You have – what Dola's got to save today because I know Bass has been kind of like unavailable ish. So let's start with well, those 
situations, I guess. And maybe you can shine some light on that Toronto one before, you know, should Dulles be a target? Because you mentioned him a couple weeks ago to me when before, right before Bass got named the closer. Right. So uh, with Toronto, uh, I mean, Bass had pitched back to back nights. And then yesterday he was kind of a high pitch count, like 29. And then I think uh, the night before had uh, 14 pitches. So I think it was just an off uh, night for, for Bass today, uh, an off day. And uh, so Dolis was in there. Uh, wasn't sure if maybe it was going to be Jordan Romano, who I really like. Um, and, and I'll talk about when we uh, get to some middle relievers. But uh, yeah, today, uh, Rafael Dolis did get the save, but I wouldn't I wouldn't go picking him up because I, I do think it was just a, a day off for for Anthony Bass uh, after he pitched a couple uh, a couple days in a row. And uh, speaking, of, I mean, now that we're talking about Toronto, uh, Ken Giles has been throwing, you know, I'm not sure. I would probably estimate he's still at least another maybe two weeks away. But uh, I mean, uh, you know, you could start start you know keeping uh giles on your radar because he could be coming back soon if he's available on the waiver wire would you go ahead and stash him especially if you're a save needy team yeah yeah if you're like a, if you're a really save needy team i would stash i mean i i drafted him in tgfbi i'm still holding on to him yeah i don't want to talk about tgfbi it is by far my worst team of the season i'm doing yeah, so I- well <laughs> and you're my league Dude, I've made so many mistakes. I've taken so many zeros. I'm just trying not to finish dead last at this point. And oh, it's kind man. of like uh. right now, uh, bases loaded is representing the top and bottom of our of our yep. league. I, <laughs> I'm at the very top right now, so we'll and see how long I can hold on to that. But can you imagine who's at the very bottom? It's this guy. <laughs> it's and it's just to be. Uh, I think it's just to be fully transparent. It's just one of those things that. I don't know. Just everything's gone wrong for that team. We drafted so long ago. We never redrafted, but it's not even an excuse because some of my best teams were teams I drafted in November and December of last year. Like I have teams in my draft champions leagues that are winning their prospective leagues, but that I also drafted with other people who drafted that time of the year as well. So I got a lot of good discounts, a lot of players that came around, but I also I've come to realize that I prefer 15 teamers these days because I'm I play in 12s and I get legitimate anxiety looking at the waiver wire. And then oh. when I get these questions about 10 team leagues, I understand why people ask because there's so many fantastic options. You literally can't go wrong, but you will because you're going to pick the wrong player that doesn't go off that night. Every player on the waiver wire is going to go off. Yeah, uh, it, so it's shower tough. league. Ugh. It's tough playing in a shallow league right now just because, you know, we don't have that much time and so it's like sometimes you're right now, like you're, you could be faced with a decision. Like, do I start JD Martinez or Anthony Santander or Jesse Winker, you know? And it's like, normally you wouldn't ever bench JD Martinez or, you know, so, someone like that, but in a shallow league where you have all these options and you have so little time, like, yeah, I mean, these, these are, these are legit questions. So yeah, I mean, I, I I'm with you. I've really, it's tough playing in shallow leagues and just, you know, this year was already going to have some crazy variants. So, I mean, I have some dynasty teams that I have, I was not expecting to compete at all. And it's like, I'm, I'm like within the top five right now and in a couple of them. So, you know, and, you have to like reverse track. Like, are you buying now? Are you selling some of these prospects that maybe you sold for last year that now you need to buy because you're competing or are you still kind of, just holding it down, just hoping that this team continues to compete, and maybe you just kind of somehow sneak in a few like a win or a high finish and still be built for the future. Like, which way are you leaning towards going in these leagues? Because I guarantee you, you're not the only one in the situation. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, I'm in that position in, in a couple, and I think um, I'm kind of just holding on, and, and because, like I said, there was going to be a lot of variance. And so, I mean, I'm not sure if three weeks into the season is going to tell me how good my team really is right now. I mean, if I finish well and I mean, and I've been kind of setting my team up for the future, I mean, I guess that's just, I'm just holding tight, you know, my, my team will be set up, set up well, but it, it's tough, you know, it, it's tough to make that decision of like, do I want to sell out and, and go for that win in, in this shortened season? Because it's possible. Anything's possible you know, this it's, year. So it's, right, <laughs> and- yeah. Can you believe, like, except for the Cardinals, pretty much every team is just about ha- like a third of the way through the season, and this yeah. is crazy to me. It's and the Cardinals are catching up fast with those double headers that they're rolling out there. And what I'm liking is that a lot of their main guys are playing both games. Like the Cardinals are like do- doing it the way we were kind of hoping, in terms of like just playing their main guys most of the time. But anyway, we, let's get back on track. Let's talk about these <laughs> bullpens because, we again, we can go off on tangents all night. That's what we're good about. So we talked about the Blue Jays. The Yankees is a very interesting one because Britain has, like, what, six or eight saves this year? Something absurd. I think it was eight last I looked. And Chapman's back. Do you think Chapman just jumps right back into it, or do you think he gets eased into it maybe a week or so in? But at the end, ultimately, he gets the job back, right? Yeah, yeah. So I do think that he – just jumps right in. Uh, he did have an outing on Monday uh, in a non-safe situation to get some work in. Uh, today, actually, Britain pitched the seventh uh, against the against the Rays. So I, I do think that you know Chapman just goes right in and takes that job back. I do. I did see that they're not going to let him pitch back to back at least in the early going. Uh, so maybe I don't know. Maybe you don't drop your Britain shares just yet, but. Yeah, I would expect Chapman to just go right in there. Uh, I was probably by say, next week, it'll just be full on Chapman. Yeah, I was going to say to hold on to Britain because maybe Chapman gets hurt ramping back up too. That's always an op- a potential like outcome. You never know. We're seeing injuries pop up left and right right now. So you got to keep that in mind. Yeah. And beyond that situation, I mean, there's. I'm looking at the Indians and the hand has kind of been better of late. Um, Rosenthal's kind of secured the job, but Taylor Rogers, he's majority of the time the guy, right? But we see Romo keeps sneaking in some saves here and there. What's your what's your outlook on that situation? Yeah, so I mean, Rogers has had a couple shaky outings. I think he's had a bit of bad luck. I mean, he has a four point three two ERA, but I mean a two point two eight FIP and two point one four xFIP. Um, I mean, he's getting more ground balls and more stringing, swinging strikes that he was getting last year, at least up th- to this point. As far as the situation goes, it does look like, you know, maybe Romo is going to get, you know, a couple of the saves. I would think maybe one out of every three saves. I still I still say Rodgers is going to get majority. But Romo could, if you're in a really, you know, if you're in a situation where you really need some saves, uh, Romo could absolutely get picked up and, Maybe get a couple saves, uh, you know, for the rest of the way. I've been riding them in a few leagues. Like I happen to, obviously, you have them in leagues that have holds in them. But I have there's a couple leagues where like I need some saves, and I grabbed them, and I've been just for ratios and everything else. I've been holding them, and now the added save here and there's really bumped his value up to me. So he's a guy that I've definitely had my you know my eyes on, a guy that I've been just holding on to. How about the Mets? We saw Edwin Diaz come in tonight. Actually, granted, it wasn't the best situation he came into. But he came in tonight. 
um, technically gave up the lead, even though Batanzas kind of left them in a bad spot. Ultimately got the win. But is Diaz the guy or is Lugo being figured? I know Lugo was kind of the guy, but there's talks of him kind of being stretched out again. I don't know what's going on there. That's why I have you on. You tell me, what, what's the deal there, man? What's going on in New York? <laughs> yeah, that is a weird situation, too. I mean, Diaz had been pitching much better of late. He was looking much sharper. He had six consecutive uh, scoreless outings going into Tuesday. I mean, it, uh, he did have a rough outing Tuesday. Lugo hasn't been as sharp this year either. And I, and I did see, I did hear that, you know, he is in consideration to, you know, maybe get a rotation spot, which I, I know Lugo, as far as Lugo goes, I mean, that's what he ultimately wants. I think he, I'm pretty sure like he wants to be in the rotation. So I don't know. I, I think, I think Diaz will take that job back. Um, the rest of that bullpen too, just hasn't looked great. Um, so I don't know. That one's a tough one, but I, I do think that, you know, Diaz, if he was dropped and anywhere like in shallower leagues or something, I would, you know, pick him up for a speculate, speculative ad. Yeah, another situation is just like, I thought we knew what was going on kind of sort of with the Cubs. I figured Rowan Wick was the guy as well. And then tonight, Jeffers got the win. And this is the, the second part of the doubleheader. So seven inning game. Jeffers came in in six, got the win. Kimbrell came out, pitched a cl- perfect seventh, a two run lead, came out and struck out the side. Is Kimbrel back in the mix? I guess like, or was <laughs> oh, was, was, was Wick not available? I don't know if Wick was available or not. But any idea on that, what's going on there? Is like, was Wick available? Do you happen to know? Because I know again, you follow this a lot closer than I do. I'm so busy with like lineups and everything else. I'm not nearly as in tune with this as you are, so I kind of defer a lot of this to you, buddy. So if I, if you yeah. don't know, I apologize. But I, I'm legitimately just like asking because I, I don't follow Rowan Wick at all. I have zero shares, so I, that's probably another reason why I have no idea what's going on with them. Right. So uh, Wick did pitch on back-to-back days as well oh, okay. um, on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, got the four-out save on Tuesday and struck out three. So he's still looking good. But, I mean, you see Craig Kimbo come in today and get the save. And, I mean, given what the Cubs invested in him and, and who he is, it wouldn't surprise me one bit to see them, you know, give him some more opportunities. So, I don't know. That that kind of makes me nervous, too, because, I mean, Kimbrel has been terrible, you know, over the last year now. So, I don't know. Uh, that, that, <laughs> one, that one would make me a little nervous um, as – you know, a Wick owner, and you know, if you're thinking about picking up Kimbrel, <laughs> I was going to say maybe Kimbrel's available in your league, and you need to just make that ad in case he works his way back into that that high leverage role. Because if Kimbrel can get going, maybe that's what it's been. Maybe it's been a lot of. I hate to make that like we all have been kind of anti Kimbrel, except for Zach. But you and I have kind of been against Kimbrel for a while now. His stuff just hasn't been as good. But last year he was a late signing. We know how that can mess up players. This year it's a whole different season, unlike anything else. So he could just be off because of all that. What if he's finally coming back into his own? You don't know. I mean, granted, I'm not going to say one outing he's back, but striking out the side is definitely an improvement from what we've seen. Like a yeah. very, very big one. So if Kimbrel's even somewhat back or learns the pitch with his uh, as his, as he gets older, he could factor back into that rotate into that saving a uh, save role, that closer role. So again, worth monitoring. Wick is still the guy. Again, you mentioned he pitched back-to-back days, but I wanted to make sure Kimball got mentioned. Yeah, Look, for sure. And sticking uh, to that NL Central, yeah, uh, go right know, to it. <laughs> Keone Kella comes back, and uh, you know he steps right into the closer role in Pittsburgh. 
Uh, and then the St. Louis one, I mean, we, we mentioned, you know, you alluded to it before as far as like, you know, how many games are going to be playing. And I mean, so far by the looks of it, it's going to be Andrew Miller and Giovanni Gallegos um, with maybe John Gant getting a, a turn here or there. Gant has actually been pitching uh, like the seventh inning, fifth, sixth, seventh innings. Uh, they've been playing double header. So it's like, you know, they're only seven inning games. Uh, but Gallegos, uh, the other day, he he did pitch the uh, what would have been the well the sixth inning, and he would have been left in there for the seventh to complete the save. But uh, Kyle Schwerber came in to pinch hit, and so uh, Schilt he he uh, go, went ahead and brought out uh, Miller to to face uh, Schwerber uh, for that matchup. So. I don't know. Uh, and then Miller today loaded the bases. <laughs> Gallegos was called upon to try to get out of the jam and uh, let two runs score. So uh, I do think that, you know, Miller and Gallegos ultimately um, should should get most of the same chances there. I got you. I have nothing really to add there. I, I It's a mess I'm trying to avoid, to be honest. Because you mentioned with all, <laughs> with all the doubleheaders they have to play, it's unrealistic to really – gauge it's going to be game by game there's going to be the same two or three so if you can get one of those guys if you're if you're desperate get one of those two or three guys if you count your team just because you know they're going to be most in the most favorable position to at least get a save but it's it ultimately is going to be tough to gauge who's the true quote-unquote closer so totally understand there and going over to the nl west bullpens and you're just looking at Drew Pomeranz was supposed to be like the next man up. I still think he is the guy, but he didn't even get the the, the opportunity the other night. He actually came in what on the seventh or something like that, and right, Cal yeah. Quantrill actually got the save. I'm not sure if anybody's really reading into that. If it was just a matchups thing at that time. I think I think there's been some uh, notes from the manager himself, like quote not notes quotes, so like basically in favor of Pomeranz being the closer moving forward. But ultimately, yeah. what's your uh, what you, what do you got going on over there? Yeah, so I, I do think that Pomeranz is the closer as well. So I, I think, I mean, he he's been one of the best relievers. Period. You know, he's been lights out. Yeah, so. absurd. Yeah, I'm yeah, just- I, I would say it's Pomeranz. And then uh, we didn't really get to that giant situation earlier. Oh. I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to ignore it. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm kidding. It's yeah, so bad. Uh, I, I did have uh, Trevor got in so a couple I. places. So oh man, For both those days. Yes, yeah. eleven runs, eleven earned runs in one point one innings last week. So that is just brutal. That's going to take some time to come back from. <laughs> uh, but I mean, finally, I mean, yeah, Kapler was you know repeatedly said you know I, I got faith in God, I got faith in God, and then finally he came to his senses and uh, said you know I still have faith in him, but not in that situation. So yeah, <laughs> he's oh, not going to be pitching the ninth inning at least for now. And it's tough because the Giants' bullpen, honestly, like as a whole, has just been kind of rough. Uh, the only real kind of bright spot there has been Tony Watson. And so, I mean, I think for me, I, I would be picking up Watson right now. Uh, oh, I think, you know, he could – I mean, he's got the he's got the experience and he's yeah. been one of the more effective arms there. No, for sure. I I, I, I guess I agree. I don't really – again, <laughs> it's, a, it's a situation I don't want to touch, just like the Colorado one I was going to bring up next. The Rockies, I I don't want anything to do with that situation. Daniel Bard, Carlos yeah. Estevez, like I think it's Wade Davis's job when he gets back. That's probably the yeah. guy he should sash. Who'd have thought Wade Davis would be like the guy, the favorite to be the guy 
<laughs> coming into the year, he was faded because no one thought he would be the guy, and I think he's going to be the guy when they get when he gets back. But yeah, I don't, are you interested? Is like I guess Bard is the guy for you, but is that like with any confidence? <laughs> Uh, no, no, I, I have them. Like, no. I did my closer rankings, and I just have this situation just as ranked last. I mean, I, I don't want any part of it. Although I will give you credit where credits due. Do you remember when we did our rankings preseason like months ago up for closers, and you had did you put got thirtieth in your closer rankings, and people were like at, like giving you really hard time, like what are you doing? How, this isn't going to happen. And like it or not, even though having gotten on your team probably negated a lot of the things he did for you in terms of yeah. just save totals. It was actually a good call. And if you, I know you probably had a few early shares of them before the shutdown and all that, it worked out for you up until the last few nights. So, I mean, it's <laughs> still a great, it's still a great call though. Cause you got those, what three or four saves where you got before the blow up. Right. So, and those three or four saves ratios. Yeah, sure. It's going to be hard to come back from that, but everybody's, dealing with something like that from like from night to night i feel like i feel like every night somebody has an ace that gets blown up or somebody has matthew boy they haven't given up on or something you know what i mean like somebody's starting somebody like that every night so i think it's easier than we want to believe it is to come back from those types of outings but with that said still a good call i, I don't care what people say yeah it didn't work out long term but if you sat him after that first one you would have been just fine yeah and, and you know what speaking of trying to recover from ratios picking up middle relievers uh can actually help you out there i you know when i do my bullpen uh rankings and i I try to include you know some some middle relievers that are doing really well that can help you and and especially this year you know i I think they're they're just as valuable as ever and and a couple guys have just been really lights out that i've been picking up everywhere um josh stelmont in kansas city man he he's throwing 100 and he's looking really good uh Came in today, uh, struck out a couple guys uh, against uh, the Reds. Uh, coming into tonight, he had 9.2 innings, 19 strikeouts in those 9.2 innings. Had only given up one run, um, 17.4% stringing strike rate. So he's looking really good out there in Kansas City. And he's someone who perhaps, you know, like I've been going around all my dynasty leagues and picking up some of these guys who can maybe step in next year and be the closer. So if someone like Josh Delmont's out there, like I'd be picking him up right now, like in, in Dynasty and, um, you know, in, in any Roto Leagues where you need, you know, everybody needs help with ratios right now. So guys like this, like Stalmont, uh, Jordan Romano, who I mentioned earlier, I mean, a 59.1% ground ball rate with the 17.6% swinging strike rate. I mean, he, he's been really good there for, for Toronto. Uh, 11 innings, one run, uh, 15 strikeouts himself. And then Chad Green, Chad Green in New York. Uh, he's been extremely valuable. Uh, 12 innings himself, uh, two wins, five holds, 17 strikeouts. Uh, Tanner Rainey in Washington, uh, 10 innings, 17 strikeouts, 20.4% swinging strike rate. He's been really good, Tanner Rainey in, in, in Washington. Uh, Caleb Ferguson for the Dodgers, 55.6% ground ball rate, uh, 13 strikeouts in nine innings, 17% swinging strike rate. So, these are all guys that you should be picking up. Tyler Duffy, Tyler Duffy, I, I've been picking him up everywhere too, anywhere that he's available. He has not allowed a run or a walk. He hasn't issued a walk yet all year. He might be one of the only ones to not have issued a walk yet. 63.2% ground ball rate. I mean, you just love to see that. So, you know, any of these guys can really help with with your ratios and pick up some strikeouts. Maybe they get, you know, three or uh, two to three 
maybe four innings in a week, uh, strike out six, seven guys and, and really help you out. It could be more valuable than a lot of, uh, you know, starting pitchers out there. So I, I did go a little long there, but I wanted to just mention some uh, middle relievers that you can go ahead and pick up. No, that's all good, man. It was great information, great talk, and honestly, it's probably one of the more useful podcasts I've done in a couple of weeks. Thank goodness, thank goodness you came on. But I just <laughs> saw Cody Bellinger hit a home run, and because he hit a home run, it made me look him up. I'm like, let's see what he's been doing, and he's been hitting home runs. He's been still in bases, so he's still been decent. But I'm wondering how much of his value all of us kind of just kind of, we, we kind of, did we just forget the second half was not as good as the first half. Like you look at the second uh, first half in 2019. And you see the 336 batting average, and it dropped off tremendously to 261 in the second half. You go look at his career numbers, and he's been a 267 hitter in 2017, 260 hitter in 2018. Why did we suddenly think he could be a 300 hitter? <laughs> like just looking at the basics like that. Do I think he's a 260 hitter? No, I think he's made improvements. I think he's closer to 275 to 285. But it just it makes me wonder, like, why we thought he'd suddenly be this better batting average guy and right now over the last two weeks he's batting a little over 200 and right now he's batting 175 on the year but the power is still there the walk rates i'm just looking at some of his stuff and i'm like maybe he just isn't the guy we thought he would be because we're just banking we were just looking at that first half and forgetting the second half was kind of mediocre-ish like he still put up the counting stats he had the seven stolen bases like 17 home runs or something like that but wasn't nearly what the first half was and kind of rode that first half high into the season almost yeah, just, want, yeah, just so, thinking about it. <laughs> I don't know. No, I mean, yeah, that that's probably a fair a fair point. But I mean, he was twenty four last year, and mm-hmm. you know, I think it's fair to say that maybe a three oh five batting average, forty seven home runs, and fifteen steals. I mean, is going to be a career year. Uh, you know, it's 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 possible that he just had his career year last year. But I mean, he just turned twenty five, and he's still not striking out much i mean only 17 percent strikeout rate not walking as much either but the the babbit coming into today was only 173 and yeah, I know he was man. working on his swing right he was working on a different swing on a I short year yeah, that's that's that was so concerning to me when i heard that i was like i really don't right. want to be hearing that right now in a shortened season exactly yeah i mean i'm not sure if these at, at, as far as like my long-term outlook on bellinger i'm not sure if these like last few weeks are going to do much to really change my mind. But I I was, I I do think that he's still more of the 2019 Bellinger than he is the 2018 Bellinger. Just because Mm -hmm. some of those, some of that growth, especially just the, uh, the plate discipline with the, with the strikeout rate, I think is still there. So I I think he's a little more. Mm -hmm. No, sorry. Sorry to interrupt. I'm, I actually remember I read, I found a, uh, uh, iTunes. It wasn't iTunes. I think, I think this was a Stitcher comment. I found one that said I need to stop interrupting my guests, and that hasn't changed. That was from like eight months ago, and I'm glad that I still do it. Like especially when it comes to you, buddy. No, but uh, <laughs> I was just because I was looking at the discipline. And you were mentioning it, and it's funny because the guy his chase rate is actually career worse right now. So obviously, I think he's pressing a little bit too because you see the O swings at 32, percent but it's never been above 28.3. So that right there should regress, but. He's swinging yeah. more pitches outside of the zone. He's actually swinging more all overall as well. I'm wondering if the more aggressive approach is something he's actually trying because he's also swinging four more percent than than again his previous career high and about four and a half, about four and a half percent more, four point seven percent more than last year. 
So I'm just, again, look at that stuff. And the swing strike rate is pretty much in line from last year. The contact rate is actually improved, but that's probably because he's swinging more. So if you're swinging more, you're going to make more contact, but the quality of contact obviously isn't there. So I'm wondering if maybe he'll kind of readjust his approach, be a little more patient. So maybe that's why the walks aren't maybe This is exactly why the strikeouts aren't up and the walks are down because he's right. not striking out. But he's just making more contact, but it's not necessarily a good thing for him because the contact could just be crappy contact. Cause let's, let's, let's look at the ground ball. Rate. It, we're, we're doing right. a main deep dive right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, it looks like, a, you know, that contact is outside the zone and, you know, we know that, you know, making contact outside the zone typically isn't going to result in, you know, have, have a good outcome. So, I mean, it's just, the there's ball so many circumstances up. that we're looking at and we're looking at, you know, a shortened season, a start, a, a start and stop, you know, kind of a year, you know, no fans that just, there's so many different circumstances and, you know, maybe guys are pressing because it is a short season I mean, it's just hard. It's hard. And and right now we're looking at this like three weeks. Like we could probably take any three weeks last year and find stats like this, you know, for any of these players. But the thing is, like, it's just so magnified because we're already almost halfway through the year. So it's like we're looking at these things and it's like, how do we react? But it's hard. It's hard. You know, it's just hard to know how much we really can take away. I mean, this is we, we can explain what's happening with Bellinger right now, but I think I would take it with a grain of salt as far as like how it's gonna go moving forward yeah i'm just this is one of those years like it goes back to this year's being kind of a crazy year i don't want to overreact but i don't want to underreact and if you could buy low at the right price i would but i doubt you're gonna get much of a discount because it is cody bellinger although i've had some questions uh one guy apparently in his league somebody offered him bellinger for Barrios and I forgot who else. And I was like, dude, that's highway robbery. Take oh. it. <laughs> and it's like, it was legitimately like, what are people? People are legit. Like, I forget how reactionary people can be. I just don't play in these leagues that people just give away Cody Bellinger. So I forget that that's like a legitimate thing. So, man, I would I would pay eighty cents on a dollar right now to get him. I would give up Castellanos for him right now if I could because I know Castellanos is like a hot name right now. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz is a big name, hitting very well. I would actually be apprehensive, but I think I would ultimately do it because Bellinger has the pedigree, has the we've seen him do it any steals bases, so that kind of helps you know that discussion there. In a points league, though, I might stick with Cruz because although Bellinger isn't striking out a whole lot, he's also not doing a whole lot right now, so it's tough. It's format dependent there, but that's just because I'm really high on Nelson Cruz and I think what he's going to do is going to be sustainable over the sixty games. But oh yeah, yeah. He's just I looking amazing. I know you do. So you're not going to argue that. Uh, that's. No, no. But we're going to. Okay. Let's, now it's time to transition into the most added list. And these these are just guys that in Yahoo I looked up the most added list and they were just at the top of the list. And a couple of them I kind of sifted through and found. And the first guy on this list was a guy I, I was into late in draft season. So I got a couple of late shares. I got a couple of wa- waiver wire ads on him before he got too hot. But that's that's the guy uh, Randall Grichuk. He is 32 percent owned. And the guy's been on absolute fire. He has a hit in each of the, his last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. And he and one, two, three, four of those games, the last four games are multi-hit games. And he has four home runs in his last five. Like, how much hotter do you want this guy to be? He had, like, a better approach coming into the year. The strikeouts are down and the walks are up. That was part of the approach changes he was making. 
I don't think he's a three 300 hitter all of a sudden, but I do think we saw him hit 276 in 2015. I think he could do that again in a shortened season. And I'm, I would still peg him to be about a 250, 260 hitter because again, with the, with the change in production, he's being more patient at the plate. So he's getting better balls to hit. That's, that's honestly my guess at it. Um, yeah, you're seeing him chase a lot less. His career best chase rate, his O swing is at 29.7%. And to give you an idea, his lowest it was was back in 2014 at 32.4. So we're seeing him chase a lot less. So there's a lot less swinging. So his swinging strikes are down, making way more contact than ever before. Everything you want to see in a in a guy as far as growth goes, as far as approach goes, he's improved upon to this point in the in the, in the season. I know he made again. I know he made adjustments in spring trying to do this. So that's why I was in into in on him late in, later in draft season. I would like to have a few shares, but ultimately, what I'm trying to say is add him. He needs he deserves to be owned, and I'm really like what I'm seeing. Is there anything you want to add to that? Because I kind of just covered him because I have this thing for Grichuk this year, and I, I just wish I had more shares. I, I think you're spot on, man. Uh, absolutely love what I'm seeing from him. I, the only thing I will add is that man Buffalo is playing like that a too, park. man. That is such a good park right now, of course, for hitters. It's cores. Yeah. It's essentially cores the way it's playing. So yeah, I forgot to even add that part. Thank you, because they already play in a pitcher. They already play in a hitter's park in Toronto, but they're yeah. playing in legitimately what's pretty, what's pretty much cores. That's what it's been comped to. It's crazy. Yeah, and the then on top of that, out there. <laughs> yeah, not only are the balls flying, but he's been hitting second in the lineup tonight. He hit cleanup. So you have another, and he hit another home run tonight. So it's just he's on fire. Add him. Put him on your team. Him and another guy on this list, Jesse Winker. Winker hit another home run tonight. He is 56% owned. He needs to be like, – these guys should be almost owned universally. Like I don't yeah. know why these guys are so available. Yeah, so Jesse Winker for sure should be added everywhere. Uh, absolutely love what Jesse Winker is doing. And do, have you seen his StatCast page? It is blood red, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's off the charts. <laughs> this is the Winker that everybody was hoping for a couple of years ago. Exactly. Now, is this just a hot streak? The problem is, is we it's we're not going to have enough data by the end of the season for any type of true takeaways because the issue is, is this whole season sixty games is a small sample because we saw Bellinger put up MVP numbers in the first half and be MB league average in the second half. Like that's the like we're going to see guys have MVP sixty game paces and be meh at best next year but yeah i'm looking at it it is blood red and i looked he doesn't really he didn't have a swing change or anything his launch angle is a little up from last year but i was looking because you know i've been doing a lot of those swing change looks like looks for people and he didn't have one at least a noticeable one i did notice a little thing he does you know how like rizzo sits back into his swing and like kind of leans back he's winker's been doing something like that which i don't think is i think it's kind of new for him but other than that i haven't seen anything that's like been a whole lot like different in his approach or swing or mechanics and Grichuk, he's not nearly blood red like that but if you go look at him he's like he has that light red on everything like his everything except for exit velocity which again no one questions the power so the average exit velocity could be crap for all i care but i'm looking at everything else in hard hit rate and woba barrel rate all that is like 60 percent or 68 percent or better 64 percent or better percentile i mean or better so obviously again he's doing he's doing that plus he has a plus speed tool which he never steals really but it's there the potential's there oh no i'm just looking i know he's again winkers is more way more impressive but it just goes to show you that gritchick has another thing kind of backing up his production so to speak all right i'm done rambling um <laughs> A guy on this list as well, you've been big on in the preseason. I think he's been coming around of late. I meant to double-check this. I probably should have before we got on. 
But it's Avisel Garcia. He's been okay, not great. Yeah, he's definitely not coming around like I thought he was. For some reason, I thought he was doing a little better. But he's 33% owned, hit a home run tonight. Are you okay dropping him or leaving him on the waiver wires, or would you be adding him right now in case he's starting to get hot? Because again, he only had a, he had a home run tonight. I thought I remember him do. I thought he had another one recently, but I guess that wasn't as recent as I thought. It was about a week ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was about a week ago. Um, yeah. I mean, I was really big on Avisel Garcia coming into the season. You got me on him for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think. Um, I think it just depends on the league because, I mean, we're seeing these guys like Grichik and Winker who, like, in a 10- or 12-team league, like, might have been available. And so if they're out there, you know, I I would absolutely, like, you know, drop Garcia for, for any of these guys if, yeah. if for either Grichik or Winker. So I think it just depends um, on on your your depth of your league. Uh, I think in a five outfielder league, I'm still holding on to Garcia. I think any three outfielder league, right now at this point, you could probably find someone who is performing much better. I can't. That's pretty much the way to put it. Now, what about Brandon Nimmo? Would you would you drop uh, Garcia for Nimmo? Nimmo is a guy who's actually been kind of overlooked. He over the oh, last yeah. he's I mean he's hitting three ten over the last week and two fifty three on the season. He's kind of like a two fifty hitter, so I get that, but. He has a stolen base. He has he has the home runs. He's way better in on base. If you play an OBP or points league, he's a guy you need to add. I'm just at the point where it's like I'd rather just take the chance on Nimmo. He leads off just about every day now. My not against lefties, but against righties. And I, I don't know. I just think he's just kind of better at this point right now. Garcia's not really showing that life we expected. Am yeah. I? Would you rather have Nimmo right now? I would rather have Nimmo right now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, twenty point two percent walk rate. <laughs> yeah, if points leagues, point, points in OBP, he's a must add because he's a guy that ter- turns goes from like a three and a half category guy in five by five because the, the the batting average can play if it hits like two sixty ish, but in OBP and point in OBP leagues, he's a four category guy because now he steals bases, all gets on base and hits hits for a little bit of power. Yep, absolutely. So, I think he's being very yeah. underrated right now for sure. I think, and I would rather have him right now over um, Avisel. But behind the other two, right, Winker and Gritchuk, which I would rank them Winker, Gritchuk, Nemo, Avasail at this point. Exactly. Yep, I'm right there with you. What do you feel about – how do you feel about Colton Wong? He's relatively available, only 32% owned. The power isn't what he's known for or what he's utilized for. We want him for his his stolen bases. They've only played, like, what, seven games? Oh, no, now it's been, like, nine games because they're playing doubleheaders. He's played in just about well, – no, he's played most of them. I know he's taken a couple games off. Got a stolen base tonight, so obviously he's going to steal a little bit. He's hitting, uh, what, three over 300 on the year right now. No, sorry, he's hitting 206. I apologize, but he's hitting 333 over the last week since he's been back. He had a slow start. They missed all those games. He's come back, and he's come back at hitting really well. Are you interested in, in Wong but, or only in, like, if, if you're in a middle infield spot and you need speed type? Like, where's your interest on Wong? No, I, I think he could be a viable second baseman in in, in any league, and I, I think he did he did steal a base today. Actually, he got yeah. got his first steal. Um, so yeah, I, I like that, and I think he's someone who's you know probably going to be playing uh, every day. Uh, I don't think he's going to be one of those guys that is going to maybe rest on the second game of a doubleheader or something. I, I think he's going to be in there. Uh, so yeah, absolutely, I, I'd be I'd be looking at Wong. I, yeah, he's more like if you need the speed because the power isn't really going to be there. He'll get a couple, but he's not a power first guy at all. 
Right. Um, would you rather have Wong or Lestella? Lestella is another guy who's relatively available as well. He's only 19% owned. He's batting second every day for the Angels behind behind um, Fletcher and in front of Trout, so couldn't get much better for him. And this is definitely a guy who's come around of late. He's hitting 326 over the last two weeks with three home runs. Two home runs have come, come in the last week, batting 280 over this last week as well. Eight RBIs, five runs. Again, lineup positioning is, is as best as is, is pretty much as good as it's going to get because Fletcher always gets on base in front of him, and Mike Trout's always hitting behind him. <laughs> you don't get much more lineup protection than that. What are your thoughts on Estella? I think I'd rather have Estella over Wong at this point because he's playing every day and of lineup positioning, but you're not going to get the speed here. So ultimately, right. what are your thoughts on Estella? And do you think it's more need-based or in a vacuum? Which way would you go? Yeah, I think it's a little bit need-based. In a points league, I'd rather have Estella for sure. And mm-hmm. it looks like for me, like he's just kind of picking right back up where he left off last year before he broke his leg. Uh, so like, yeah, last year he hit 295, had 16 home runs in, in only 80 games. And it, it looks like he's just picking right back up. Uh, you know, he's only striking out 5.9% of the time. You know, he just doesn't strike out and he's walking 11.8% walk rate, hitting 288 right now. Uh, yeah, I think in, in a points league and he's probably, you know, multi-positional. He probably has multi-positional uh, eligibility, right? Oh, I just got off his pay. He's been playing. He's been Played some second, played third, doing pretty much what he bouncing around. He's playing most around a bit. He's a little further. Yeah, he's yeah. probably he's pulling multiple spots. Yeah, I'm looking at him on uh, Yahoo right now. He's first, second, and third eligible. So, yeah, that makes sense. That's where he's been playing most of the lot. That's one thing I do get. Like, if there's one thing I know about like with the lineups. I look at where everyone's playing every day now. So I'm like, I know he bounces around. I couldn't say how many games at each, but yeah. you know, we had, we had two young guys, I guess, technically rookies come up tonight in Casey Mize and Dane Dunning, very different ownership rating. Uh, you have Casey Mize at 55% owned. You have Dane Dunning at 11% owned. Do you have any interest? I think Mize is the obvious one you add pretty much universally. He looked great, kind of struggled in the later innings, but that could be fatigue and, you know, hitters getting a chance to see him more the splitter looked great dane dunning looked fantastic through three kind of started losing feel for the fastball wasn't having much run on it starting the fourth i was watching this game and that was the case his curveball looked great they both have that one pitch that just looks fantastic so of course i had to put a pull on put pull out there because it looked really good but ultimately obviously i think mize is the guy there but is there any interest in dane again mize is only 55 percent so he should be added but Dane Dunning's only 11% owned. Do you think he's a streamer for now because, until we see a little more because he's just not coming off TJ and all that? But I don't know. I'm interested. Maybe I'm a little too interested. I don't really know. Right. So it was it, it was actually really good for his first start since 2018. I mean, you know, he's, he missed all of last year uh, uh, off uh, Tommy John surgery. So, I mean, making his first start in the majors, you know, yeah. since 2018 – I mean, that, that's pretty good. You can't ask for – you really can't ask for much better. So he looked really good today. I do think he's uh, maybe a streamer for now. Um, I would like to see a little bit more. Um, it, it was against Detroit. Um, I that's mean, why I'm like maybe it, – was it really his first start in the majors tonight? It was Detroit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I do want, want to see another outing for him. Mize, uh, too, I mean – We've seen guys like, you know, Nate Pearson come up and unfortunately, you know, he he's hurt, but, you know, he came up and, and struggled. 
Um, you know, uh, Spencer Howard came up and struggled. You know, we just we've been spoiled by you know hitters who've come up and and taken off right away. That I mean, I, I don't think we should be too discouraged with when a rookie comes up, a rookie pitcher comes up, and, and he struggles a bit because I mean, it, it is pitching. Um, so maybe not for this year. Um, Mai's like in a 15 teamer for sure. Like he should be added in a, maybe even in a 12 teamer right now. Um, yeah. That's where I have him. I, I think. Yeah. I would pick him up in a 12 team league as well. Uh, 10 team. Uh, I'm not so sure. Yet. Yeah. That's kind of tough. But what about his teammate? Scooball, 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 Tariq Scooball. I think it's Scooball. Yeah. Either way. <laughs> but he, th- uh, he kind of looks shaky. You know, he kind of had issues getting the, Getting just getting outs was like 36 pitches in the first inning last night. I'm not too concerned long term. I just think he's more of a streamer. He's even more of a streamer type, even in 12 teamers at the, at this moment. He's a lottery ticket though. If you have a spot to just stash a guy, he has the upside that's better than Mize, I think, but the floor that's far worse as well. So yeah. that's why I think he's truly a lottery ticket though. And we saw that, you know, we saw that in in their in their debut outings. Um, so Scooball, I mean. He he was on a pitch count, right? Only like right around fifty. Yeah. So when you threw thirty-two in the first inning, we're like, yeah, that was that was fun while it lasted. <laughs> yeah. So like in a fifteen-team league, I, I would pick him up. I would pick him up. Um, maybe shallower than that, I, I'd wait. Yeah, I'm kind of. I picked him up in a twelve, but again, it was a. It's a deeper. It's actually a deeper twelve. We try to extend the benches a little bit. We have, you know, the typical middle infield, corner field, five outfielder. So that type of format. And we have again the deeper benches. And with innings, I, I'm having I'm having I'm actually filling up innings too fast. So I actually need to stash somebody versus rotating. I actually have good pitchers this year. And like that's the one league I have good pitching. And I'm doing really well in it, obviously. Like for like whoa. Because my hitting's been like I've hit like on the hitters, I've been doing great. But again, as always, holds true for myself. Hitting as pitching, just my analysis wasn't as strong, I guess, coming into the year. Which is aggravating, but anyway, I, there's no one cares about my analysis when it comes to pitchers right now or my personal struggles. People only care about fixing their teams. Let's continue to help them. <laughs> you have a uh, Christian Pache. This is kind of like a news and notes thing, but I put him on most Alice because he is the most one on there. But Pache is more of a glove first prospect. The speed is plus, but I don't expect him to do much in terms of fantasy. So I'm kind of out on him this year. I don't, I'm not looking to pick him up, but he is on people's radars. He's 11 percent owned right now in Yahoo leagues. Where are you at on Pache? No, I agree. Um, not not in on him at all this year. I won't be putting any bits in for him this week. Just a uh, glove first guy right now. Uh, I think maybe career wise, long term, he could be similar to like his teammate in Ciarte. Um, yeah, something like that. But I think for this year, I'm not in on him at all. Yeah, I'm I'm with you 100. percent Ciarte was a good comp. I like that comp actually. It's actually a really good comp. And how about the ageless wonder? Cano is drinking the same water as his boy Nelson Cruz, if you want to call it water. And uh, the last two weeks, the guy is batting 348 with three home runs, six runs, and six RBI. So it's basically since coming back, he's been nothing short of great, batting on top of that lineup, or like the middle of the lineup, I should say. Is this, I think this is, just, I mean, didn't he end the he ended last year pretty, pretty good as well? Right. So, through stretches like this last year too and and he actually i mean he had a 283 xba uh last year 46.3 percent hard hit rate so i mean 
Yeah, for Cano, it's just kind of been battling injuries here and there. But, I mean, he, he's looking pretty good right now. You look at his stat cast page, and there's red everywhere for him, too. I just don't know. I guess ride it. Like, I'm not, like no one's buying Cano. Like, even if you were selling, no one's buying that brand. Nobody wants yeah. it. It's like it's like retro Nikes that you just sold high on a few years ago, and maybe you can get one 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 good last run out of them before they break. The soles are falling apart; they're like stuck together by glue or tape or whatever you want it to be. Yeah, that's pretty much what he is. So yeah, um, <laughs> I don't know why that analogy popped into my head, but that was that's what that's where it went. Anyway, um, back to this stuff. There's two guys that are just criminally underowned. I think they should both be owned in at least 12 teamers universally at this point. And that's your boy Gaussman on your team, Kevin Gaussman on the Giants, and my boy Pablo Lopez of the Marlins. They've both looked fantastic. You want to talk about Gaussman a little bit? Yeah. I mean, Gaussman has looked really good. I mean, I think given how pitching is this year, just in general, I'd probably be picking up Gaussman. Uh, even as a, as just a streamer um, in shallow leagues too, um, yeah, I, yeah, he's uh, he's looked yeah he's looked really good. The the swinging strike rate has carried over from last year. You know, right now so far it's at fourteen point five percent. Last year was at fourteen point eight. I know he had moved to the bullpen uh, last year for a bit, and yeah, I mean it, he's kind of just carried it right over, and and he's looking really good. So uh, I, I would be picking up Gausman um, everywhere right now as well. Yeah, looking at, and looking at Gausman, it's just it's crazy. The strikeout rate is at thirty one point eight percent. It's actually gone up, and this is as a starter with the walk rate decreasing to four point seven percent, giving him a K minus walk rate, which is starting to kind of be telling. The K minus walk rates right now are kind of in that area where starting to actually mean something. Twenty seven point twenty seven point one percent. That's like elite right now. Mm-hmm. And this is with FIP, FIP, FIP of 311, XFIP of three fourteen, and an ERA of four twenty one. So you know he's actually due to regress positively. And that's what the he also he also has a strand rate of sixty five point six percent. League average is usually like seventy two to seventy four, and his career is seventy three point eight. So he's not even he's getting unlucky on the base pass, which kind of showed in the FIP and XFIP as well. So you pair that with the fact that he also has a BABIP of three twenty eight. Always kind of been a high BABIP pitcher though, so I'm not really sure what to think of that. But still, kind of a high BABIP. But the swinging the swing and miss stuff is there. The walks of like, everything's improved. I'm buying in. I know it's, I think what it is is he's on a bad team and people are just overlooking him, but his ownership should be like 70% right now. And Pablo Lopez is another guy. He looked sharp tonight against the Mets. He didn't get the loss. I think he was in line for it before, you know, <laughs> that whole thing happened. But he has a 225 ERA. At least I don't know if this is, I don't think this is including tonight, but a 2.25 ERA with a 2.33 whip and a 2.74 XFIP. And a Sierra of 3.12. So even if he regressed to that 3.12, that's still a low 3 RA. And another guy where the strikeouts are there 28.8% strikeout rate and a 22.4% K minus walk rate. Another really good K minus walk rate. And with him, why it's a little more, well, for me, like why I'm in it on it is because he added a cutter. So he added a pitch that he's throwing for 10% of the time. He stopped throwing his four seamer. He cut it in half and added that, and added that to his sinker. So basically, there's a pitch mix, a pitch mix change going on there. And you know me, intangible change. If you can find it, I'm gonna buy it. And there's there's you add a pitch, you change the overall mix of it, and that change up being as great as it is, he's just doing it all. And again, he's being overlooked because he's on the Marlins. I think he's a guy I'm totally in on, and I rather I want both of them. I honestly wouldn't even know how to rank them. 
But if I can, I would definitely make sure I add both of them. I think I would give the edge to Lopez because I think his team is actually better, just a little bit, which says a lot because both teams are really bad. I agree. I agree. And you know what? I I mean, you look at his you know seventeen percent swing and strike rate, and and his sixty one point four percent ground ball rate. That that's ace level stuff right there. And I think we're seeing a breakout for Lopez right now, and it's it's awesome. Yeah, a hundred percent agree. And I can't, I can't get enough of these guys. I'm just, I want, I have both of them on a lot of teams, and every, I, I, it's because I was like, wow, I see this. I'm gonna add them because we saw it in flashes, we saw it in glimpses last year. I'm in on it again this year. That's all it is. Like you just gotta, gotta go with it, man. And if they fall, if their wheels fall off, drop them. Yeah, yeah, That's but I, I, I think this is legit. I'm really buying this. Yeah, I'm not selling these guys unless I'm getting. I don't even know who. No, no one's you can't like I, I don't even know like, I'd rather have these guys than Barrios right now. I'm not buying Barrios. I don't want anything to do with Barrios right now. Yeah, Barrios has been rough. Barrios, where he gains off his value is the fact that you you expect to get you know 200 innings out of him. You don't need you're not gonna that's not really helpful right now. I don't need somebody who's gonna pitch 200 innings in a season that I don't need 200 innings. So I want to take the guys with like strikeout upside, and the only problem is is they don't have the same win potential. That's yeah. where it gets kind of annoying. But anyway. So are we dropping? So this is our cut beta weight segment. We're gonna run through a few of these names because I don't want to spend too much time on them. A couple of names I think are easy. There's three right at the top of this list. I put you have you have Oscar Mercado, 44% owned, Joe Musgrove, 44% owned, and Chris Davis, 43% owned. I'm cutting all three of them. Do you have any disagreement there? Or are you holding on to any of them? Yeah, no, no disagreement. I think actually Mercado was sent down, right? I think I saw that's yeah. That's why I don't understand why. That's all I put him on here because he's still owned in 44% of leagues. That should be like four percent of leagues. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, he was sent down. He was uh, sent to that secondary site or whatever, and he wasn't playing even before that. I know stolen bases are a thing, but man, he's not getting playing time. He's not even on the team, the the, the active roster right now. He's an easy cut. You shouldn't be stashing him for any reason. Musgrove, he's throwing, but I don't think he's ramped back up yet. He's dealing with that triceps tendonitis. He kind of had an issue with dead arm prior to the season. I think it has to do with the added velocity. Maybe he needs to go back to not throwing so hard. I don't know, but I don't have any interest in holding on to him right now, waiting for him to get better. And Chris Davis is just on a weak side of a platoon. Robbie Grossman surpassed him on the depth chart. Piscotti plays every day as well. Chris Davis just plays against lefties with the occasional start against righties. Another guy that, for me, those three are easy drops, no no doubt. Absolutely. I, I think like when it comes to Musgrove, I think any pitcher right now that's not named Verlander, if they're hurt right now, you're probably dropping them. I mean, you just can't, there's just not enough time to wait for them to ramp back up. And it's like, you know, it it could be, it could be, you know, the middle of September before they're able, you know, before they're able to go full, you know, pitch a full game with no restrictions. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, I think Musgrove's an easy drop right now. And then Chris Davis too. So I do have uh, – you said any pitcher not named Verlander. I threw one on this list right before we started, and that is – where did he go? Clevenger. <laughs> Mike oh, Clevenger. I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know if they're going to keep him down for the 20 days. They might keep him down for the 20, 20 days to get that service time whole thing going because because of and his attitude and teammates there was people that threatened to opt out if he didn't get sent down or something like that I remember hearing so I don't know what's going on yeah, I it's a tough one too you know I don't I think I'm holding for now but I'm not confident in doing so yeah well I mean because Clevenger's not actually he's not hurt 
it's just we just don't know what's going on with that situation. We don't know if and when he's going to come back or what they're going to do. So that that one's tough, and it's almost, it's similar to the St. Louis kind of situation with Jack Flaherty. Like you, we held like you know you were holding him for weeks, and you know finally Jack Flaherty comes back after not having pitched in three weeks, and he was what like the fifth guy in the rotation. Like they they yeah. wait, you know, and then on top of like they he only pitched forty, he only had forty pitches today, so. <laughs> I mean that that was just kind of weird. Like, why would he only go forty pitches? But how's he not ramped up? Right. Like, if you want him to get ramped up, why wouldn't he have been like just the first pitcher right out the gate? Uh, so you know, we don't know. I mean, could Clevenger be in that kind of situation where like you know, two three weeks goes by before he's able to pitch, and then by that time, you know, if, if you need two to three starts to ramp up, that's the rest of the season right there. You know, so <laughs> yeah, okay, that one's a tough one. I'm I'm holding for now, but if he's like the last guy on your bench and you are struggling in the standings, maybe you try to sell. He's the type of guy you try to sell before dropping. Right. He, sell him for a Pablo Lopez. <laughs> I honestly would right now. I, I'm that concerned. I, I think you can get more, but if you had to settle, I would settle for a, a Lopez. And if I can get Lopez and Galsman, because I need, like, say I'm hurting for pitching. I need strikeouts. I need ratios i need stats Clevenger's not giving you those and if he's staying down for another ten, uh, another 15 or 10 days and then on top of that we're not sure i'm sure the way indians are though he's probably still going to come up come back and pitch full fully but i don't know if the team's competing without him do they just keep him down there as punishment until the very like end of the year right yeah yeah i mean if you and if you can get some kind of value out of him maybe you can get like a pablo lopez and then a hitter. Maybe you can get a Gritchick and a Pablo Lopez or something like that. You know, it just, sounds so terrible, but that's 2020 for you, man. You got to just get the get the stats where you, where you can get them. I'm it, trying to think of maybe high end. Do you think you can get like maybe Lopez and Granky or something? Because even Granky hasn't looked fantastic or anything. Just maybe bank on a Granky or go ahead and target a. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would definitely high. I mean, even <laughs> don't be like us and be willing to settle. Right, <laughs> we're ready to we're ready to take the first thing we can get. Don't go from here, like right after you listen to this, and and you know hit up the Pablo Lopez owner, like, hey, you want Clevenger? But <laughs> like maybe maybe go for Frankie Montas. Maybe you know oh, that back doesn't scare you. I I mean he's he was you know he says he's fine. He looked like crap yesterday coming back from the first start from the back. I mean it might have just been the nine days off. I mean, it might have been the back. <laughs> I'd have been the back. I don't know. He he said that he was fine, but I'm willing to take a chance on it. Like you know, I, I think if you can get like a Montas, especially coming off that rough outing, if you maybe, can, maybe you can trade so, down to Maeda. Oh man, I don't know if anybody's giving up Maeda after what he's doing. Sure, maybe you can. Maybe you know what? Maybe you buy low on Glass now. Maybe the Glass now owner's willing to part ways. I know Glass now is not fantastic by any means right now, but. Maybe or Pat Paddock is struggling. Um, I mean, I'm I'm going down those. Maybe Giolito. Giolito hasn't been good. Yeah, the, you know. Then again, maybe Maeda could be just like a sell high right now. I mean, his last two outings did come against the terrible Milwaukee offense. I mean, they I know Milwaukee kind of broke it open today uh, against the Twins, but other I mean, they Milwaukee's been atrocious offense. It's not a good offense. <laughs> Right, yeah. I mean, and I think Maeda's last, my my his last two starts, or or uh, yeah, I think his last two starts have come against Milwaukee. Uh, 
And on top of that, I mean, he they they let him pitch like over a hundred pitches, uh, you know. So I don't know. Maybe Maeda is a, a sell high right now. If you can sell him high and get uh, you know an ace you know, coming off of that that outing, like I would sell. Maybe you could sell uh, Maeda high right now and target like a Walker Bueller, like yeah. a sell high, buy low kind of situation, and um, you know something like that. That might be realistic. Right. I mean, that's not usually the case. Luis Castillo's kind of struggling. Maybe you can get him. Mm-hmm. I know people are still kind of high on him, but he's kind of had ups and downs, peaks and valleys type of thing. What about uh, going back to – I saw a name here. Going back to Clevenger real quick, the name that popped into my head. Like, you think maybe you could sell low, like, sell, sell, sell like – I doubt you'll be able to get Sunny Gray. He's pitching too well. Never mind. Um, would you take maybe Kyle Hendricks for him? Or if you're lucky enough to get – I don't think anybody's going to give you Trevor Bauer. Maybe – oh, Zach Wheeler's a good name. Wheeler's looked kind of interesting because if you look at his numbers, he's yeah, – uh has been interesting just because he hasn't been getting the strikeouts. No, 12 strikeouts over 25 innings. Yeah, so that's kind of odd. But, I mean, he has been effective otherwise. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe you can make that as one of those you're trading down. Like, here, I'll give you this AI with ace upside. Give me your solid say. Like, he is what you wanted Barrios to be. Give me Zach Wheeler. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take Zach Wheeler for him. Yeah. Given that he hasn't been getting those those strikeouts, and maybe they come. Maybe they start. Maybe he does get start getting more strikeouts. But uh, maybe, maybe the uh, Zach Wheeler owner is thinking, well, maybe I could sell high right here. That's what I'm saying, but maybe selling high to a Zach Wheeler owner could be a Clevenger is what I'm saying. Even though we don't – maybe they have more – you never know who's confident in Clevenger coming back and being Clevenger, mm-hmm. which wasn't even that impressive to begin with this year. But I'm just saying – you know what? If I can, I'll take Savale. I, bear, I guarantee you right now you can probably take Clevenger and be like, you know what? Savale did have a complete game, uh, one-run game tonight, though, against the Pirates. But maybe you can get somebody who will give you Savale and Pablo Lopez for him. Right. That seems a very that seems like a very realistic get for Clevenger right now. Yep. All right, we can move on. We spent way more time on him than I wanted to. <laughs> Are you dropping Nate Pearson right now with what could be Tommy John necessity? It's yeah. an elbow. I'm scared. I'm so bummed. So bummed about that. But yeah, so, you're to... bummed. His elbow is bum. <laughs> 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 it's not funny because we nobody wants to see that, but yeah. Sorry, yeah, so you're dropping him because I'm dropping him. How about your guy? And he became a guy like I was into eventually, but Willie Calhoun, I think ever since I got hit in the face, he's been afraid to step in the box, especially he, even he's mentioned apprehension against lefties. Mm-hmm. Willie Calhoun's batting, what, 170 on the year, one run, seven RBIs, no home runs. You wanted him for his four-category production. He was supposed to be a high four type. I think long-term he could still be that, but this year I'm out on him. I'm, I'm cutting Willie Calhoun. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, kind of like with Avicel, it's like if it's any three outfielder league, you could probably pick up someone who's doing much better right now. So I, I would make that cut in a like a deeper five outfielder league. I'm probably still holding on to him. He's still not striking out. He's only striking out 13.8% of the time. So maybe just with the, another week or so, he, he starts getting more comfortable. Um but yeah, that that one's another tough one to hold right now because he's literally giving you nothing. He's a zero right now. Um, so yeah. it's definitely a bench everywhere. Uh, but like maybe in a five outfielder, like fifteen team league, I'm still holding on. 
It depends on what's out there, but I, I have no problem cutting them. Even in those leagues, I'm done. I'm not taking that. I'm, I'm done with that. Um, <laughs> let's make these quick because we do have two, at least two questions to get to. We, the, it's funny how this works, man. I'll put out stuff like I'll be in the morning. Like, hey, I have some time. Who's a hitter you want me to look into? And I'll get like 50 responses. I put out this thing. We're doing a podcast. I got We got two. So we're going to answer those two questions for sure. Thank you for the, for all the questions that you do get. And you go always hit us up on Twitter for more. What it is, a lot of these people that ask questions slide in the DMs and do other stuff. And it's like, just ask us on Twitter so we can answer them here on the show. But anyway, um, real quick, no, we're, we're going to drop the analysis now. We don't have time to do it. It's, we're about an hour in. Jacoby Jones, cut bait or wait? Oh, man. Um, I think I'm cutting bait. I'm going to... The pe- I'm gonna pull your answer. 15 teamers, I'm holding them. Um, yeah. Anything shallower than 15 teamers, I'm cutting them. I- I'm okay with it. I'm not saying I will cut them. I- you don't have to cut them, but you gotta think there's better. Like there's other players we talked about earlier, probably available. Like if I can get Gritchuk right now, I'm cutting him for Gritchuk, if and stuff like that. So, uh, Mike Miner, cut bait or wait? That's your guy. That's your boy. Um, bait on Mike Miner. His velo's yeah. down. Not looking good right now. Exactly. Not I do not like what I see from, from Miner at all. David Dahl, he's on the IL now. He was struggling before that. I think I think he was playing a little injured, to be honest. Which mm-hmm. is always David Dahl, perpetual state of injury. Right. But, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm cutting bait on, on David Dahl. Yep. I'm right there with you. Elvis Andrews, he's day to day with a, with a minor injury. I think it was his back or abdomen. I forget which one. It's one of those areas, front or back. And um, he's just—I mean—he's stealing bases, so it's hard to fully cut bait on him. But he's not doing much else for you this year. Nope, nope, not at all. And right. Down in the lineup, but what is he hitting like like eighth seventh or eighth most nights? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was. Um, I I think you, I'm cutting bait. Like if. If I don't need steals, I guess. I guess the only thing steals make them relevant. Right. I think I hold because of the steals. I hate to say that. I hate and any if you're in a league that doesn't value steals or if you don't need steals, drop them. But if you need steals, you gotta hold them because he three stone bases on a team that steals a lot. Like they allow their they allow them to steal. And he's he was batting two sixty seven over the last week prior to the injury. So maybe he's turning it around a little bit. I'm willing to give him a little more time, but if he goes on the IL, I'm cutting him. That's my opt-out. It's like an opt-out clause. If he goes on IL, I'm cutting him. Yeah, I wish I knew. I, I wish I knew, like, if uh, someone like Andres Jimenez was going to keep playing, like, I'd, I'd rather have Jimenez. Well, Jimenez has been out the last two nights since the team got healthy. And even yeah. tonight, McNeil, McNeil, McNeil sat, and they put in Guillermo. Or I forgot how that's how you say his last name. They didn't put in Jimenez at second base. So... I don't think that they have any uh, any use of Jimenez in the near future, unfortunately. All right, cut bait or wait. Your boy Josh Bell. You did not. You had a lot of guys that are just not coming through for you right now. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, yeah. Um, Told you not to do it. Told you let him go this year. It's I'm tough up. because I mean, just first base is rough. I mean, first first base has been kind of rough. I mean, uh, we had kind of been talking about it earlier today. Yeah. And it's like, who's actually paying off at first base right now? Like, uh, other than maybe Freddie Freeman and Luke Voigt. I mean, has anybody really stepped up at, at first base this year? I mean, it, first base has been rough. So, I don't know. I, I would hold on to Josh Bell. Um, I do think that the 
maybe this next week. I, I think the matchups are favorable. I, I would the Pirates. I mean, they have Milwaukee coming up at home, and then next week they go to the White Sox for two, and then a doubleheader in St. Louis, and then uh, in Milwaukee for four. So I, I would still hold on to Bell. Maybe with these matchups coming up, uh, he could turn it on a bit. Fine, I'll hold on to him a little longer. If you could sell him, I would try to sell him for even eighty cents on the dollar right now. Like he's a guy I would sell for some of those other names we mentioned earlier. Like you could probably get again, you could maybe sell a bell on his name, get Grichik and Pablo Lopez. I'll keep going. Those are just again, these are names that we keep just bringing up tonight because they're fresh in our minds. But obviously, there's other options. But Bell is a guy that if you could still sell based on his name, maybe if somebody that's more willing to buy in or believe in him. I would sell to that guy because I don't think Bell's this bad. I just don't know how good he's going to be in this short time. That's yeah. If if we're not really taking position into account, I mean, he's someone that you're probably looking to drop. But I th- I just think given how first base is right now, <laughs> I think well, that's. I just <laughs> I have another first baseman here to talk about, Encarnacion. Edwin's yeah. been kind of I've dropped him a while ago. The problem is, is he's giving you home runs. I mean, he hit one tonight, but that's all he's giving you. He's 10 for 56 on the year and four home runs. Like, so obviously he's hitting the ball hard when he hits it, but he's batting 179 in the process. Oh, sorry, 154 in the process for the for the year. All in all, I don't think the update, I don't think the stats are updated for the year. Regardless, he's hitting under 200. I don't care what you say. He's hitting under 200 for the season. I you knew he was going to be a batting average issue with the home runs, but I thought he was going to be at least a two fifty hitter. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm 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 ready to cut bait if I can't sell him for anything. I have cut him in leagues. I've yeah. cut him in a twelve seamer. Yeah, I'm cutting bait with Encarnacion. His skill set isn't needed. I don't need empty. I don't need empty power. I don't need solo home runs. I don't need two run home runs with a two hundred batting average. I get that in my Matt Olson shares. Thank you very much. <laughs> God, first base yeah. has been atrocious. It has, it has. I, I mean, hey, Jesus Aguilar is doing pretty good. I mean, if you, I do if like him. If you have uh, Josh Bell or Encarnacion and Jesus Aguilar is out there, I think he's he's still only what twenty. He's only twenty eight percent owned still right now in Yahoo. I'd be picking up uh, Aguilar for sure. Oh yeah, I, he had he actually got a hit tonight off the Grom. It was impressive. He actually should have had two, but Pilonzo actually made a pretty good play at first. I think he, I think it was a pretty good play. I was also on my phone at the time, but I did see Alonzo make at least a little bit of a jump or something for one. Anyway, who cares? Uh, Ahmed Rosario kind of, is he ever going to hit on that, on that potential? Like, I don't know anymore. Are you, what are you doing with Ahmed Rosario? Rosario? Yeah, I, I did really like uh, Rosario coming in. Um, he has no stolen bases this year. That's kind of part of the value that or perceived value he had. He's batting under 250. He's, it's like a, it's like at two thirty this year, roughly, because it has again it hasn't added into. Oh no, it's gonna be under two. It's gonna be like two twenty ish because he went over four tonight. Um, yeah. yeah. On top of that, he still he has a two twelve batting average and a two twelve OBP. He still hasn't taken a walk. Yeah, you can have him. I'm cutting him. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah. doing that. You can cut him. I, I think uh, fifteen team middle infield. I would still hold on, but uh, outside of that, he's a cut. Yeah, and these let's let's just be clear that most of these cuts are like in your twelve teamers and such. Fifteen teamers, there's always value in these guys, but there might be better stuff on the on the waiver wire, so you do need to pay attention. But he is cuttable in most formats. And the last guy that I had no shares of coming into the season was fading at his draft price. 
I don't want him, even though he's available in like 27% of the Yahoo leagues right now. He's 73% owned Matt, Madison Bumgarner, who should be returning very, very soon. Do you want Mad Bum on your team? No, I don't. That no. hurts, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I, I mean, I of course, I'd love to see him continue to do well and add to his resume, but it just doesn't look like it's going to happen. The velo was way down, and yeah, maybe he's coming back, but... Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, he, he's a cut. Yeah, he's a, he's a, I do not want to roster. It's sad though, because I mean, he might not be doing well in terms of stats, but he's getting paid now. So jokes on them. <laughs> All right. I mean, he did really good for your giants though, all those years. So it's really, I, I get that. Like from that, from a fan standpoint, that it would have been really nice to see him continue to have at least somewhat success, but just maybe not against your team. All right. Let's talk some questions. We got three. We'll start with at Coaching Ish, our boy, friend of the podcast, host of the SP Streamer podcast. Is it time to sell or drop Eugenio Suarez? He did have a home run tonight. I know that. I'm not ready to give up on Suarez, even though there are some red flags in the production, as well as some going back to last year. I think he's still very solid. That ballpark is very, very good to him. And he bats in the middle of a really good lineup. I'm not there yet. I think I would hold. And if you're selling, it depends on what you can get for him, man. But I yeah. wouldn't go out. I don't think you're going to get what he's worth or what he could be worth. So I don't know what exactly you'd be selling him for. But I'm st- I'm not dropping him yet. I, I mean, 10-teamer maybe? Is he droppable? Is he a 10-teamer? I was just going to say that. I think in a 10-teamer, he's probably droppable. Uh, where like you don't even like where you don't have a corner infield or anything like that, just a standard ten team, he's droppable. Uh, he did steal a base today too, but uh, <laughs> yeah. okay, didn't see that coming. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, he I he had some red flags coming into the year, mostly the strikeout rate and then uh, the all the pulled fly balls when he when he's pulling so many when he has so many pulled fly balls and uh, you know twenty eight point five percent strikeout rate. Like I, I figured, like if he's going to continue that, that batting average can really dip, and I think that's what we're seeing right now. It's striking out thirty one point six percent of the time. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think I think um, definitely the upside's there, but in like a ten team league, he's a drop. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Uh, next question is from at fantasy underscore t underscore ball. Where would you draft Juan Soto in a head-to-head dynasty points league? Looking at the point settings he sent, sent us, they're pretty much your standard point settings, minus one for Ks, two for steals, and then like a point for total bases, runs, RBI, et cetera, et cetera, walks. Can an argument be made for first overall? I personally – you know what? You answer. You go ahead and answer first. I've been answering first all night. Yeah, um, I, I would take him first overall. I actually uh, no, I take him second overall. <laughs> Who are you taking I, first? I still take Mike Trout. Oh no! <laughs> I know, I know. There's an eight-year difference. Soto's twenty-one, Trout's twenty-nine, but Trout is by far the best player in baseball. He is fantastic. He's still elite, and I still think he is the best player in baseball, regardless of. Oh, of a, I mean, and. I think he could still be that way for five years. And let's be honest, these leagues don't last usually more than five to seven years at most anyway. That's my that's my argument. I mean, if you think it can last longer, sure. Soto probably has a higher tenure. Like if you look at the next 10 years, Soto's number one pick. But I do think 
it's still Trout because I think Trout was by far the best player and will be the best player in this format for the next three to five years easily. Yeah, yeah. If we're we're looking at like the next three years, um, you you can't go wrong taking Trout for sure. I, I just think, I'm arguing one and two. If you want Soto over Trout, that's fine. I totally get it. I don't right. blame you at all. I just have a hard time passing on Trout, even at 29 years old, because that's not old by any means, and he is going to age well. He has aged well. Granted, he's been injury prone of late, but maybe I mean, and the more I think about it, the injuries do kind of concern me. I'm going to call an audible. I'll go Soto first overall, but it hurts to do that. Trout's just so good, man. I'll do, okay, you win. Soto first overall, George. You win. Yeah, I just, I, I just think Soto is probably the safest. If you're talking about a points league dynasty, Soto is the safest pick. I, I think for me. I think it comes down to the health for me and the fact that Trout hasn't played more than one, one, one forty at all. He actually hasn't played more than 140 games at all in the last three years. That's the most he's played in the last three years. 134, 140, 114. After playing like five straight of like 157 or four straight of 157 or more. I don't think he's suddenly injury prone. I do still think he's fine. I, I think he's been had a couple of fluke injuries, but as you get older, more of those fluke injuries are probably more likely to pop up. Soto has been nothing short of extraordinary. I'm okay with taking Soto first overall, but Trout's obviously number two then. That's it. <laughs> I don't care about age. Trout is still my number two in that format because tell me another hitter that's more deserving. What Maybe you can argue bets. Maybe. And bets, bets is like 27, so I doubt you can really argue bets. Yeah. Yeah, no. For me, that format, uh, I'm taking Soto. Yeah, I know. I, I got to do it. I hate it. it hurt, uh, that hurt to do. All right. Where do you rake Santander in Dynasty next year and if he keeps this up rest of season? Um, That's tough. We don't really do Dynasty ranks here, so I'm just going to talk about Santander a little bit, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was pretty good last year, too. Yeah. <laughs> stretches he was showing this uh you know and and he's not striking out 12.1 percent strikeout rate he's just really locked in right now uh he, he's hitting in a good park if i mean and we, we can't expect him to keep this pace the rest of the season what he's doing but I, I think just given what he showed last year what he's doing now uh in a dynasty league i don't know i think he can maybe be get into like the top 40 that's the number that came to mind as well because you're looking at it, it it depends on how much of this growth sustains because he can right now he's a, he, the, the power he 20 home runs in 93 games last year he has nine and 20 in, in uh what 23 games this year so mm-hmm. the i think he could be a 25 to 30 home run guy especially with camden the strikeouts mm-hmm. he's always been a low strikeout guy going back to 2018 19.4 percent 21.2 percent and then 12.1 this year, 21.2 being the high mark. And for, for almost like if you look at his minor leagues, even it wasn't even much higher at, at times. So not the strikeouts aren't a concern. He doesn't walk. So obviously OBP formats, he takes a little bit of a ding. But what the, the part that's interesting to me is that he's kind of changed his approach, assuming that, again, it's hard to say this is going to sustain, but the ground ball rate is way down, which is what you want to see. It's down 12% from last year. It's at 27.2%. That's fantastic. That's a great ground ball rate. And instead of it all going to fly balls, it actually, the majority, he improved his line drive rate almost a full 10% as well. That's going to play to his batting average. So those gains in batting average can sustain with a line drive rate north of 20, I think it's like 22%, 23% is like, like one of those like higher end line drive rates. So mm-hmm. even if that regresses a little bit, he still should stay relatively 
solid in line drive rates. And the fact that he transitioned from a pull ball hitter, he's actually not pulling the ball. So he's not depending on pulling the ball for home runs and all that. Cause he was a 48.8% pull ball hitter in 2018, 46% last year. And this year it's only 36.6%. He's actually more of an all fields hitter hitting 30% or more to all fields. Basically what I'm trying to say is that that batting average you're seeing can be sustainable if he continues to hit the ball like more line drives and to all fields. Yeah. So assuming if that approach sticks, he can be a four category producer and top 40 in dynasty because he's only 25 years old might be the floor. Like he might have a ceiling to be top 25, but it's so tough because outfield is so loaded. I have a hard time. I'd say top 30 is realistic even because if you start thinking about, I'm trying to think this year and like, I remember Mercado, Benintendi, those were like my fringe top 30 guys in redraft. Mm-hmm. And I could see Santander creeping that close to that top 30 top top 40 is safe for dynasty for sure. Cause again, age and all that, but then you're also factoring in minor leaguers like Bay rod clinic. You have mm-hmm. to remember all those guys as well. So factoring in minor leaguers and stuff, he might be closer to top 50, but still a solid asset to a team, especially a win now team. Cause he's yeah. only 25. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think they're like Santander and like Jesse Winker, like might be like, they might be seeing the ball better than like anybody right now. And they might just be two guys who have raised their stock, like in dynasty the most so far, maybe uh, so high. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly. Or, or I mean, it, it could be legit. I, I don't know. I, I, I do think, yeah, I think top 40, um, top 50, definitely, but uh, possibly top 40. Um, if, if we see this continue for the rest of the season, but he's definitely, you know, made some really good uh, skill growth this year. Well, that was the last question, and I think we talked about him pretty well, and that's pretty much going to do it. So, as always, guys, we appreciate you listening. Before you head out, hit that five-star rating. Drop a review if you're feeling if you're feeling uh, a little generous. Have a little extra time. It is with a little rating and review. It really does go a long way. Helps with exposure on iTunes and all that. Um, other than that, as always, you can follow us on Twitter. George is at Roto underscore Nino. I'm at Mike underscore Curlin. As always, we appreciate listening. Uh, base Loaded Pod, that Base Loaded Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And other than that, we'll talk to you next time, guys. Thank you for listening, as always.